This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael in the studio with Pastor Matt Young. He is our new worship pastor. Um, if yes. this happens to be past 2016, when you're listening to this, he is our old worship pastor. <laughs> yeah. And uh, really excited to have you in the studio. Yesterday, Matt, we got to talk about what do worship pastors do. Wanted to give people an opportunity to hear just what you do, expectations, how you think. And uh, and then today, the question is going to be a lot more theological. And uh, this is uh, a part of my conviction that a worship pastor um, cannot be shallow when it comes to doctrine and theology. You mm-hmm. have to be deep and go deep with the Lord and into the Word of God. So I wanted to bring you in for a great, difficult, deep, compelling question. And the question is, it goes like this. Do the Son and the Spirit have a different will from the Father? Which you may read that question and say, "Why? where is that coming from? The, the question goes on and says, when Jesus says to his Father, in the Garden of Gethsemane, not as I will, but as you will, how should we think of these relationships in the Trinity? And so the issue here is you have Jesus who's on earth. He's a, He knows the suffering of the cross. He knows he's going to bear the full weight of humanity's sin on his body, soul, and spirit uh, and emotions. And he goes to the, to, to the Father and he says, I don't want to do this. This is not what I want. Now, rewind eternity past. It is clear that the Son became incarnate or became flesh for this very purpose. Mm-hmm. And what the what the authors of the Gospels are trying to do is to show us the full humanity of Jesus. We know his full deity, but he's also fully 100% human. And uh, so we have this instance where Jesus has a different immediate desire than the ultimate will of the Father does this apply for the Holy Spirit as well? Because he's also called in the New Testament, the Spirit of Christ. Can the will of the Son and the Spirit diverge from the will of the Father? What say you, Pastor Matt Young? Yeah, boy. Thanks for the uh, nice softball you tossed me. I got there. your back, bro. That's, That's good. Do, That's yeah. good. This is a test. Yeah, right? <laughs> so I think one of the biggest things, and you set up the context really well, not as I will, but as you will. He's he's pleading in the garden, mm-hmm. like you said, with, with the Father, because he says, if possible, mm-hmm. let this cup pass. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. And I think one of the biggest things to understand, and you you touched on this, the the reality of the hypostatic union, which is the union. It's it's a big, you know, whatever, five, $5 word, however you call that. But mm-hmm. hypostatic union is just talking about the 100% divine nature of Christ and the 100% human nature of Christ. I thought it was when lint connected to my shirt and wouldn't get off. Yes, that's that's the other term. If lint you go to the dictionary, that's- hypostatically unified with my <laughs> yeah, that's, shirt. Yeah, that's definition two. That's def- Okay, good. Yeah, right. Got it. So hypostatic no. union. There you go. I'm just the lead pastor. I don't know this kind of stuff. So <laughs> yeah. the hypostatic union again is what? It is the full humanity, 100% human, and full divinity, 100% divine, meeting in the person of Jesus Christ. And the reality that, you know, that adds up to 200% in our minds. So one of the biggest things to understand is we need to take a dose of humble pie and say, hey, we can't fully make sense of that. It's, Mm. It's a theological term to describe something that we cannot fully comprehend. But if our God was fully comprehensible, then I don't think he would be God. I mean, he wouldn't be, right? Yep. So because he is 100% human and because he is 100% divine, both of those are necessary for him to be able to be an acceptable sacrifice for yep. our, our sins. He has to be God condescending to us, and he also has to be fully human to be our representative. But in this context, 
you see his in his humanity the wrestling with this at no point is jesus contradicting the father he's still united with the father as you see in the yep. trinity there's there's no division amongst yep. the trinity so ultimately i would say there is no different will because the son's purpose is to do the will of him who sent him yep. which is the father yep. so Ultimately, what we see there, as I understand the text, and Michael, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but oh, I will. we see his humanity. I hope you would. <laughs> we don't want to mislead anyone. Yep. We see his wrong. humanity. False. Yeah. <laughs> Same way we see it in John chapter 17 in the high priestly prayer. His humanity, he's yep. yearning in his humanity. If there's any other way, Father, let this cup pass. Let yep. me not have to endure this. If there's any other way, but he's resigning to the will of the Father. He's showing us perfect submission. Yep. He's showing us how to submit to the Father, you know, like I said, because he is fully human. And so in his humanity, he see, he knows what's coming before him, as you said. He knows he's going to the cross. He knows because he is fully divine. Yep. He knows what's coming. And in his flesh, he was tempted as we were, but without sin. Yeah. Which begs another question. Did the flesh of Christ have impulses towards sin, but the will of Christ basically said no to it? I mean, those are all interesting, totally. like, we'll just say hypotheticals. But what we do know is that in his humanity, he experienced temptation like we do. Mm -hmm. But in his will and self-control, he was flawless. Mm -hmm. Again, I can't tell you whether or not um, when he saw a woman, if he was tempted toward lust, but used his self-control not to, or if you know he was tempted towards sinful anger, but used his self-control not. I can't sure. really go there. You do see, though, that what the text wants you to know is that he is like you and me. Mm yet without sin. Mm -hmm. And I think it's easy in narrative because this is telling a story, you know, it's a true story, but it's telling it in story form. It's not a propositional line here. Sure. And I think it's easy to take a narrative and to, and to make it say more than it is intending to say. Mm -hmm. And I think really what the author is trying to communicate is twofold. You've already said this, so I'm just affirming you. I don't have to correct anything you said is he's fully human and he gets what we're going through, mm -hmm. but he's also divine and in perfect submission to the father's will. And I think anybody watching Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane can say, the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak, mm. but Jesus obeyed for us. He gets what I'm going through. And he's not an irrelevant God who sits in heaven twiddling his thumbs um, like a Ned Flanders, like on steroids, who can't, <laughs> you know, like empathize. I mean, the guy is human and struggled and mm. was tempted like we were. He went through adolescence. Uh, he went through, um, he grew up as a kid. He had to deal with brothers. He had to deal with mom and dad. God knows where Joseph was. Did he lose his dad, you know, at, in his in his teenage years? Uh, so mm. there's all these questions of like, Jesus suffered. Jesus experienced humanity. And uh, when you look at this, you're like, like that really makes Jesus so much more, I don't know, compelling. Oh yeah. I mean, the humility that he displays and we yeah. see that in Philippians too, you know, who him, who being in very nature, God himself did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped. Mm. And so he's telling us we should have the same mind of Christ Jesus. Yep. And that's the mind of Christ Jesus. And he's divine. Yep. And not only that, when you're referencing in Hebrews about us being able to approach the throne of grace with confidence because we have a great high priest who has been tempted in every way as yep. we were yet was without sin. Who's experienced a greater temptation? He who's never succumbed to that temptation mm. or he who gives in at some point, yep. obviously Christ. So he yep. knows it beyond what we've experienced yep. yet was without sin. And so, yeah, there's uh, the idea that he can sympathize with us in our weakness because he's been tempted. He's faced yep. all that. And yet he gave us that model of, 
like we said, perfect submission. He submitted to the Father, even though in his humanity, he did not want to face what was coming because it was more important to be obedient mm. than it was to have, to get out of the the pain that he knew he was going to endure. I mean, I can't imagine taking on my own sins. If I had to pay the penalty for my own sins, yep. the weight of that is crushing. And yet he took on the sins of everyone who's trusted in him. That's just unreal. I have a thought that would just, it's going to blow our minds. Perfect submission. <laughs> and you're singing again. Jesus, Man, just like yesterday's podcast. I am objectively the worst singer ever. <laughs> I'd like to try out for worship ministry again. You told me <laughs> yeah. no yesterday, but I'd like to really uh, resubmit some songs for your, for your joy and the glory of God. <laughs> well, I think you hit the nail on the head. And uh, again, sometimes our, our audience may not understand why Christians have like these theological terms that we put to it. Well, the hypostatic union... This is something that the church in the first four or five hundred years of its existence duped out. Yeah. How do we understand the nature of Jesus? Because what the church realized is is a bad view of the humanity or the deity blows the whole gospel up. Mm. And you get to a point where you're reading scripture and you're like, no, he's he is 100% fully God. He's the image of the invisible God. The word was God. Like there's no options. Mm-hmm. He's got to be God. And God can't ever be anything less than 100% God. Otherwise, that's just irrational and foolish. Mm -hmm. And and at the same time, he's in heretical, (laughs) good word, and very apropos. And, uh, but at the same time, you know, he's got to, he's got to be human. I mean, Mm -hmm. you walked, he wasn't an apparition. He didn't, you know, like he's a real human being with flesh and blood. And and he grew in wisdom and stature as we see him. Absolutely. even though he had the fullness of deity resident in him before his incarnation, he willingly set aside the privileges of mm-hmm. deity. Now, I mean, I don't, I've often wondered like when Jesus was a baby, when he's in the womb, was he like fully cognizant as, as like God? No, he was, he actually developed mm-hmm. like a baby would develop. Can you, can you just imagine the humility? You created the world with a word. You yeah. spoke and matter existed. You created every human being you put into motion. I mean, stars. I mean, Jesus is the creator of the universe. It wasn't the Father. It wasn't the Spirit. It was Jesus who spoke and the world existed. Mm -hmm. And this Jesus consigns himself to an embryo, to to being born. Mm -hmm. It's crazy to me. You know, you look at the humanity. and, And so the reason we come up with these words, hypostatic union, I mean, this is a word that goes back. A long time. Council but, of um, Chalcedon, I think. Ish. Um, I can't remember. I should. I, I think it's Council of Chalcedon. Took a ton of early church history. Dude, it's been a long time for me too. Stuff, but like whatever. So uh, yeah, so look it up and we'll confirm that. But the church duke this stuff out. So our, our audience needs to know if you're a follower of Christ, if you're a Christian, there are these doctrines that go back and that they are no longer a fight because people mm. duked it out and truth bubbled to the surface. And sometimes you just need to put out all the lies before you can see the truth. Yeah. And I so appreciate that the early church resolved this issue for us. Jesus is fully man, mm. fully God. It's called the hypostatic union. Jesus perfectly represents us before God and represents God before humanity. He is the perfect high priest. There is no flaw in him, although he was tempted as we were without sin. Give me Jesus any day over any other man. weird version of God. So yeah. I love it. Amen. So uh, Matt, I want to thank you for joining us tomorrow pastor tim he's going to come back he's going to hang out with us pastor tim gets to explain the difference between hell hades and paradise and the question goes on what is the future timing of the final 
hell. That'll be an interesting conversation. That's a nice softball one too, isn't, isn't it? Isn't that? Or should we just have you back and do this <laughs> no, one? Because, that's all right. We'll hang reins over yeah. to Tim there. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you no, at the audience tomorrow when you see Matt Young at church. Give him a big hug. Ask him really difficult questions. And uh, if you don't go to Village Church, just submit a question. Write for Matt Young and oh, make great. it as theologically difficult and controversial as possible. He would appreciate it. Clearly. We'll see Because <laughs> yeah. you're my baby. And I am your dad. <laughs> whatever is... you need from me. <laughs> just, I'll do whatever. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard Celine Dion sound so <laughs> unique and stuff. Oh, <laughs> I can't.